Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game. With every conversation, we hope to inspire as many as possible to keep on Dungeon Mastering. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac, and today DM Mitch and I sit down with the one, the only, James Intercasso of MCDM, and we talk about the Bread Battle, aka the Green Knight, which is a new monster that's going to be coming out from him, and it is an amazing conversation about a twist and some turns that you can add to monsters for your game. I will put the caveat, though, that there is a tad bit more violence in this episode than some of our others. So for our youngest listeners, you have been warned. Also, if you head over to the Patreon very shortly, we will be releasing a mashup of two potential actual plays that we'll be releasing over there. And then I will put out another poll so that people can vote on which one to keep releasing. Who knows? Maybe it's both. But with all that out of the way, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat back on the menu, boys. You know what? We brought it up. It's been long enough. What do you want your intro to be, sir? Me? What do I yeah. want my intro to be? Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 good, good question. James Intercosto, lead designer for MCDM Productions, writer of countless amazing pieces of TTRPG greatness, and a friend to us all. That's great. That's perfect. I, I like that. Done. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that again because that was pretty solid. So I just I already have to edit it. So that was fantastic. (laughs) Excellent. I'm down. I'm down for that. Done. James, welcome. Welcome back. We're starting the episode right now because we are friends. We all decorum has gone out the window. James, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm uh, very excited to be here. Uh, I'm, it's so exciting to see you again, Neil. It's so exciting to see you again, Mitch. You cannot see me. The, I mean, no one out there can see me because this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are right with you listeners. Uh, being able to not see you, uh, James, is, uh, yeah, it stinks right now. But, uh, yeah, we'll take it. We'll listen to your uh, your beautiful voice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's it's so exciting to be here and so exciting to be talking to the uh, DMB audience once again. Uh, everybody's everybody out there is is wonderful. So uh, and that was a great intro. Uh, so I'm going to I'm actually going to pay you, Neil, to follow me around at conventions and uh, hype me up <laughs> when I enter rooms and things. Twofold. It has not been the first time that I have been offered that. And the secondary reason was to be security for someone to literally get them where they needed to go uh, during San Diego Comic-Con, because that place is absurd with the number of people that that are there. Um, And it's going on right now. So I do have a question, though, and we already kind of chatted this up beforehand. But what have you been up to since last time? You actually found a hard date of the last time that we spoke to you. So what's happened between now and then? Yeah, so last time we spoke, the recording date was March 17th, 2022. Uh, and uh, and so um, I was in my second year, I guess, starting my second year, really, as a as the lead designer at MCDM. 
and now I'm in my third year there in my as the lead designer of MCDM. And I think probably when I came on, it was to talk about, at very least, Flea Mortals, a uh, 5e book of monsters. And uh, and now that book is coming out. Um, so it's it's that's basically been my year. It's been working on monsters, making monsters, making monster lairs, um, and uh, and getting ready to create a new RPG with MCDM. That's been the other half of my year. Is uh, we're we're getting ready once we put out Flea Mortals and a few other things. We're going to put down Five E and take up the to be titled MCDM RPG. <laughs> I like it. I mean, that leads us straight in. I mean, you've what I can say is that it's been very, it's just been really interesting. And I don't say I know that's not off. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's a negative word. You're trying to cover up a negative, but it's just <laughs> it's so fun. Also, just to watch the design process because MCDM has been very open about that design process and just the initial stages of like, I don't know. We just we got to start throwing stuff at the wall and we got to see what sticks and then keep moving forward from that. So, um, like, how has that process been to try and because I know that's what you're working on and certainly what you get what you're allowed to share with us. But like that process of starting a new a new RPG. Yeah, so we don't uh, we don't sign any NDAs. We don't make freelancers sign any NDAs. So I'm happy to answer anything. And uh, it, essentially, we started with this idea of like we want to make our own uh, high fantasy heroic tactical role-playing game right so similar to DD um except that DD is a very broad game it allows you to do a lot of different things 5e tries to let you have like a dungeon crawler survival thing and a heroic fantasy and uh, we want to specifically focus on heroic fantasy and and deliver on that promise make you feel like you are a hero when you are uh, in this medieval fantasy world. And so to do that, we started out with a lot of different ideas and, and thoughts about like, well, we could do this. Maybe maybe we should make a system where like the dice are custom and each side of the dice is symbols, not numbers. Mm. And, you know, and, and so like we went down this path and eventually I figured out that like, oh, we just, we recreated 2D6. That's all we did. <laughs> uh, we we came there honestly, but you, we should just tell people to roll 2D6. That's a lot easier than telling them they should buy custom dice and we have to make custom dice then and give them with our yep. role-playing game. So you can, right? So like it's been a process and that's just one example of we've gone down a lot of different rabbit holes to see like what's going to work what doesn't and um you know some things we're we're very excited about feel very different like for instance in our system you don't roll to hit there's not like a roll to hit and then a roll to damage it's a roll for damage and you see how much damage you do and you subtract the person you're attacking's armor from it and that's how much damage is done right so that's what armor just subtracts from damage so it's faster at the table you have a lot more options it's it's more cinematic and tactical it, it requires a grid right so we're able to lean into that more and use terminology that refers to the grid but all of that is uh you know that's a choice and we've made that choice because we believe in this for this particular game uh and if you want to find out more about it um i stream every tuesday on twitch where i take questions from people and a lot of them are about the rpg matt streams all the time and takes questions and we're also blogging the process over on our patreon but like if you everybody's going to get the straight dope eventually um so if you don't want to come uh, pay for it on patreon come check out the streams come do that kind of thing and we'll answer your questions there Awesome. I have a lot of follow-up questions, but that's not what this episode is about. So, <laughs> sounds like on Tuesdays, I'm just going to... I 
But then if everyone asks about it, I'm not going to, I know me, I'm just going to be like, oh, hey, what's your favorite topping for ice cream? And then send, <laughs> and send it. Oh, well, um, the answer is obviously butterscotch. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a wild card. <laughs> it's a dark horse candidate. Not a lot of people mm. going butterscotch these no, days. No, but. I'm with you there. Butterscotch yes. is great. It's I feel like it's a forgotten, amazing flavor. It is. It is. It's a you're you are a man of taste, Mitch, if I may. Mm, I know. We've I, we've I obviously <laughs> dipped into the surprise question. I will dipped say in. though butterscotch. Yes. Thank you. I feel like though it's easy to find people that have bad butterscotch. So I'm a little like that's why it's a dark horse though, because you'll get it and you're like, oh, how sure. mm, I don't know. Did you just use butter and scotch? That's not the recipe. The name isn't the recipe. What is this? Um well there we go. So you know what? That's it. Done. Surprise question asked and answered. So that means that we go straight to the topic at hand. And if you read the title or I said it in the intro, um, you know that we're going to be talking about the bread metal. So the question that we tend to ask people now, because we are long in the tooth, as it were, is what led you to bring to us the bread metal as the monster that we would be talking about? So... We just made this book of monsters, and a lot of the monsters in the book are the MCDM interpretation of like a classic monster, right? So we have uh, orcs and goblins and humans and all kinds of creatures, owlbears, griffins, right? And it's our take on them, right? Like you can use our book to replace the monster manual, essentially, if you would like to. But then, you know, well, you could use it alongside the monster manual as well, right? There's plenty of room. We always need more monsters as GMs. And so we included some then original monsters in here. And I, for me, the bread battle was made by a guy named Paul Hughes, a uh, game designer. And uh, it was his idea. And it is like a true fun fairy tale monster. And it's probably my favorite original monster in the book. It was really surprising really cool and interesting and the word bread battle actually comes from the green knight poem that i think a lot of people are probably familiar with because of the movie that came out last year uh the green knight um which is you know it's a story from arthurian legend where uh Sir Gawain is basically challenged to a decapitation contest uh, with this knight who he cuts off the knight's head and then the knight still lives and is like, all right, a year from now, I'll be cutting off your head. That was the agreement and and leaves. Um, and so the bread battle is uh, is inspired by that tale and is a creature that is a giant and they are headless and they roam around looking for other people to cut their heads off. And when they cut off someone's head, they attach it to their stump and then they assume the form of that person for 24 hours, right? And then they need to go find a new head. But for that 24 hours, the person they decapitated is also still alive and they have 24 hours to try to get their head back from the bread battle. Um, so that's sort of the, the idea behind the bread battle is that like, you could get decapitated. You will still be alive. And now you're on a, a fun quest to go get your head back in 24 hours. It's sort of like a, a Jason Statham movie cranked where, uh, you know, he's got to keep his wow. adrenaline up or he dies. <laughs> like that. <laughs> I love that. You, you've basically taken a monster stat block and built a adventure into this monster stat block for any unfortunate uh, PCs that run into a bread battle. 
Yes, yes, exactly, exactly, that's the idea. And it might be in the very same encounter, right, where your head gets cut off that you're able to get it back from the bread sure. metal. But uh, if I'm the GM, Depending that bread metal running away go. with your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other the other thing that's built into this, is, there's a lot of interesting elements. One, the other one is the idea of the original head being the key piece, almost like this this bread battles phylactery in a way that if you can find it and destroy it, then you can permanently destroy the bread battle or it's just going to come back is what I noticed. Um, so you've got like lich elements as well, because you could also introduce this now as something that's been harassing this area for countless years because nobody has figured out. Nobody has maybe even figured out what would even kill it in the first place. And now it's just roaming the countryside. Yes, exactly. I also really wanted to do very mundane things during that 24-hour period of just like <laughs> sit down, enjoy a nice meal, sleep at sleep it off and then have to go hunt for the next one um afterwards. I don't want it to like cause havoc at all. I just wanted to just be hidden in town. <laughs> people have to like I mean and it, obviously that all depends on your party, but like that's that could be completely reasonable trying to find the person who matches the description and then get them to like reveal themselves. Yes. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Right. That like probably if let's say you could survive without your head, but you can't speak, you can't eat, um, you can't drink anything. Right. You would want to then go do all of those things once you got your head and not necessarily go and just cause mischief. Um, although what you might start doing is lining up your next head while you have your current one. Right. <laughs> and and so you might say, like, huh, all of these people lost their head and they're all from the thieves guild. Well, maybe the bread battle has infiltrated the thieves guild. Right. That kind of thing you, would would lead you to that because it's like, well, let's see, it's hour 20. I'm going to better better get my next head lined up soon. Otherwise, uh, I won't <laughs> be able to enjoy this delicious stew anymore. Well, and I think, you know, talking about the bread battle that you have created with that scenario of infiltrating the thieves guild my first thought looking at this monster stat block is how does a huge giant do that <laughs> and yet one of the attributes of this version of the bread battle is the head that it takes from that unsuspecting pc or that suspecting pc because they were in the <laughs> middle of a battle their body changes to fit the size of that head that they took so it very easily they could be going around and sneaking in. And if you're wearing the face of a <laughs> of an actual person, um, your uh, your body might change a, a bit like in the build, I suppose, depending on if it's like, yeah, I don't know. James, you're you're the game designer here. Did you imagine like with this bread battle, like it the body actually turns into the form of the one whose head it took like is it the exact form or is it just the size yeah so in in my thought it's the it's the form right so like yeah. if i were to steal neil's head right i my my body would change into neil's body and so you know if neil has a tattoo i'd get the tattoo if yeah. neil has a you know is missing his left pinky right that my body would miss the left pinky then that kind of thing any scars that he has um so that you can really then a bread battle can be like a sneaky 
almost spy-like yeah. character if they need This to. is a creepy, creepy, breadbettle doppelganger situation we have. And yeah, if, if that's what they're doing, they're going around and planning out in the form of uh, a NPC or a PC, they're planning out their next victim. They've got the form of maybe a trusted person in that group or in that land. That's uh, that's scary. That's creepy. No, I'm not going to get too much into my... my- Reference point because it's new enough that maybe people haven't seen everything, but it gives some like real Attack on Titan vibes because oh, sure. they could just as easily be joining the group that's looking for the bread battle once they've right. taken ahead and taken on this other form and are constantly out there looking. And then they can just move suspicion on because now this new person doesn't have a head that they were as the person looking, but then they're now a different person. Um, So it definitely has this element of mystery that you could add in as well. And even like you said, having the bread battle be a part of the group that's supposedly looking. Yeah. And if you have players who like to play along with stuff like this, right? Like obviously check with them first before you go down this road. But I've done this with doppelgangers before where you take a player aside and you're like, hey, listen, remember when you got captured in the sewers? Well, they actually sent a doppelganger up and you're playing the doppelganger right now. But like, yeah, let's let let's let everybody else think. Right. And and often players are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's trick everybody else. Right. Um, And so, uh, you know, that can be a fun session, too, where it's like, okay, we know we're hunting a bread battle. Okay, now we're in the tavern and we see. This bread, but the 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 person who is Mitch's character, who looks like Mitch's character, is saying they are Mitch's character. But Mitch, you're playing your character, right? Wait, <laughs> hang on a second. What's you know, like that kind of thing could be really fun to to uh, try have the have people suss out if you can get the player character to actually play along with it. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the the name Bread Battle comes from the Arthurian legend because in in the poem. Uh, or at least in the the retellings of the poem, the Green Knight gives his name as being Breadbettle. Is that where that comes from? Yes, yeah, that's that's part of the uh, uh, where that comes from, right? And he's sort of described as uh, he, like a larger than life character, right? Um, yeah. That that I mean, he's not quite. We've made like a true giant, right? Like a yes. like a sixteen foot tall giant, but he's in the poem is described as a big individual and if you see the movie the green knight he's like got these gnarly he's green but then he's got like these gnarly plants and stuff growing off him it's it's very very cool and evocative and so that was a lot you know that was the inspiration for the name and for where this came from from paul you know to be able to uh, to get that but yeah he calls himself bread battle yeah, I love because the whole the whole poem, the tale is all about uh, this this mysterious figure that comes out of nowhere, this green knight. And who is this thing, this person? But he issues this challenge to Arthur and his knights. And it's great fodder for a DM to have a mysterious figure come out of nowhere. Who is this? Have this mystery around uh, this creature but to issue a challenge to the players as well. And you've kind of built that into your version of the bread battle with uh, how do you get your head back? What's going, <laughs> what's going on with this head? And it doesn't have to be the, the player's uh, character's heads. It could be an important NPC, right, that's connected to them. Or just the fact that this doppelganger is running around with perhaps the king's head uh, could cause a lot of trouble. But I love that 
that idea of a creature issuing a challenge to the players that kind of sends them on this this journey. Um, the Arthurian legend really all about are you going to uh, come out of this challenge uh, with honor and with nobility, and you could absolutely work that into this task of retrieve uh, the head of this NPC that has had it stolen. Yeah, that's a right. Honor is a big part of that original tale because Gawain accepts the challenge, thinking like, "Oh, I get first chop, so of course I'm going to win." Cuts off this thing's head, uh, and then the Green Knight lifts. And is like, okay, in a year, I'm cutting off your head. That's the deal. And he leaves. And the fact that Gawain, you know, a big part of that story is, will Gawain keep to his word? Yeah. Right? Which I think in today's world seems sort of silly. And it's like, why would you enter into this contest to begin with? And, um, But, you know, in that, that, that like is sort of a pure fantasy. Will you do the right thing? What is the right thing to do? Right? Is really cool and fun there. And I think the bread battle... In addition to having those elements you talked about, Mitch, it presents a couple of different kinds of stories that you can tell. The first is you can just have a fun encounter with a bread battle where it cuts off somebody's head. Everybody gasps and it's like, but you're actually still alive, warlock. And then we defeat the bread battle and we get the warlock's head back and everything's fine, right? There's also this sort of doppelganger aspect to it. But then there's this time pressure, too. Because you've got 24 hours that you will be alive as a headless creature. So if the bread battle does take the king's head, right? And the king contacts the adventurers and they're like, look, that was six hours ago. We now have 18 hours to find and get the king's head back or the king is going to die. Right. Like that's a fun sort of like, OK, well, let's let's get to it. We better hurry and we can't rest and we can't. We got to like make this happen now. And I think that that is really fun to to have time pressure like that for adventures and things like that, too. So there's a couple of different aspects going on. But the honor thing also relates to sort of the lore of bread battles, which is that they were like noble giants who tried to sort of take over giant kind, right? They wanted to be tyrants of all giants and the rest of the giants were like, no way. Uh, and so they <laughs> they uh, they rounded them up and uh, all of these traitors and they cut mm. off their heads, but cursed them to continue to walk. And and they hid their heads in places. Right. And it's like, well, if you could be reunited with your head, your true head, then it would just, you know. So there's this other story of like, can you find the head? Like Neil said, right. To, to put this bread battle down for good or. Can you stop the bread battle from finding their head? Because once they do, they'll be unstoppable. You know, so there's there's a lot of fun to be had. That is awesome. I love the idea of now I'm just picturing uh, PCs in a campaign coming rather than coming across a bread battle, coming across the bread battles. What I assume is also always living, never dying head that's sure. locked away somewhere or even a, a chamber of bread battle heads. Futurama. And <laughs> what... What does that do? Uh, what kind of story is that uh, that's going to be played out for the players? All the heads are going to probably be asking to be reunited with the bodies of their uh, of the bread metal. And so, um, yeah, what do the players do with that? I don't imagine reuniting these traitorous giants with their heads would end up being a good choice. <laughs> but I'd love to see what my players do with that. Sure, right? They might, I mean, you might take pity. If if you were in a situation like that and, and the heads are pleading and they're like, please, you know, we've we've got the, you need to suss out like, well, wait a second. 
<laughs> what are you doing locked away here? This is, yeah. hang on. <laughs> there might be a reason somebody did this. <laughs> to to take uh, Neil's uh, humorous comment about uh, Futurama, like, are these heads just sitting on, like, shelves, like, in a room? And if they've been there for thousands of years, they've probably concocted a pretty good story to, like, hey, if any anybody ever comes into this chamber... And they don't know what's going on. Here's our story that we give them because we want, we want to get reunited. We, we, we're we tired of sitting here waiting for our bodies to find us. <laughs> At that point, is it even deception? They believe it. They believe it. That's true. <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> They're all insane from their, uh, their time just being in this uh, dark chamber together, only hearing each other's voices. It's very much like the Tiki Room at Disney World, if you've ever uh, been in the Tiki Room, <laughs> mm-hmm. but just with giant heads instead of Tikis. So the other question I had was, well, I guess I'll just pose my idea, and then we'll see how we like it. Um, I imagine, so we have a campaign, the the bread battle's been involved, and one of the things that I feel like we as DMs don't necessarily do is leave things unsolved. It could be that you've killed it, and maybe you don't realize that it, it will return. But I also imagine later, what if they kill something, you know, more powerful down the road? Let's say it's a dragon. That's good. And what if the bread runs in and is like, ah, sweet. Bam. Dragon head. (laughs) Fight the dragon again immediately after having fought it. Because now the bread battle is a dragon. I feel like I've lived out this scenario in games like Dark Souls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, this is like the second form of the monster, yeah. the boss yeah. fight. I mean, I think that's awesome, right? Like, that's that's the kind of thing that I think would be super fun. If you're, let's say you're fighting some, you know, ridiculously powerful giant lord, right? And it's like, ah, we killed the giant lord. Oh, wait, here's a bread battle. Putting the head of the giant lord on now and oh, oh, crap, right? And like this giant lord, like the bread battle has even more knowledge. Maybe the bread battle was a mage, right? And couldn't cast spells because... He couldn't speak. He couldn't cast those verbal components. And now that they have the head, they have all the power of that giant lord. Plus, they can cast, uh, you know, um, meteor swarm. Well, that's that's bad news. <laughs> There's a lot of lot of co- interesting combos that come to mind. But the other one I thought of is cutting a troll's head off and using that uh, because oh. it's going to regenerate its head. So, like, the troll doesn't really have a, a problem that's anymore. A great but like, does the bread metal <laughs> have like additional problems or? Yeah, or does the magic of the bread battle, yeah, mess up the troll's rejuvenation? Or, yeah, I I just like the idea of you know there are creatures. Uh, so I bought like a critical hit debt right a deck for my uh, players, and then there's one yes. for uh, GMs as well. And some of the critical hits in there, they're very rare, but are basically like your character loses its head, your character is now dead. That's what happens. You you pretty much have this built into this monster of one of its attacks is beheading strikes uh beheading strike and if it succeeds um or if the player fails a constitution saving throw they lose their head uh and the bread battle is going to be able to pick up that head and use it uh but instead of instant death it's instant new adventure (laughs) instant we've got to figure this out now yes the idea of your character like being able to as a dm say and your character gets his head chopped off and watch the player (laughs) just be like, what? (laughs) But, (laughs) but end that and being like, no, 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 you're not dead. Um, I do. I do wonder what kind of uh, players would really enjoy this. Uh, Like you said, James, this could end the same encounter. They get their head back, but I, I know some players would be super pumped about 
a three session long adventure of getting their head back in which they don't have a head, but they're alive and they have to role play that. And I know some players that would absolutely hate that would not love that at all. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Right. And I, it's funny. uh, There are things when you're a game designer, you're often also the game master in your games, right? You're also the dungeon master. And so, and I find that dungeon masters, players who are also dungeon masters, are often down to be like, yeah, I'll be beheaded for three sessions. Great. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome, right? Awesome. Um, <laughs> Give and, me that challenge. Yeah, and not everybody is. And so it is like, I often feel like when I'm designing stuff, like I have to step outside and think like, will this also be fun for most players who are not also dungeon masters, right? <laughs> and uh, and and luckily the answer for this seems to be yes. We, you know, we play test this stuff too to make sure that like people are into it. And I think there are enough ways to get your head back that people seem down with it. And the fact that I, it's one of the, it's a, it's sort of a one, two punch. It's almost like a compliment sandwich, right? Where, uh, when you deliver bad news to somebody, you deliver between two compliments. Well, this, you start off with like, you lose your head, but you're still alive. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, it could be worse, right? It could be a lot worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely, that's the kind of thing that I like to do as a player. Um, is, you know, if somebody curses me and now I have to speak backwards or in rhyming couplets or I have to figure out how I'm going to cast spells without verbal components now, like all that kind of stuff I think is really fun. Um, so I am down for losing my head. The the other one, because it's so it's a CR8 where you have it. The other interesting thing is also having to speak more to flee mortals, but to have minions um, be the ones that are taking heads back to the bread battle, um, because you could easily have this structured where, you know, the party starts out against something smaller and works their way up to the bread battle itself. And depending on how smart you choose to make this creature, that's where you can decide, okay, what are the counter moves that the bread battle wants to start making against the party as they start to get closer and closer to figuring out what's actually going on? Yeah, and it's one of those things, right, where the bread battle, the, they can pick up basically any severed head. Um, it doesn't have to be one that they've severed and attach it. So, like, bread battle might be robbing graves, right, to to get those sweet, sweet heads that they need. Or maybe there's like a bread battle who it works at a morgue, right? And it's just like, hey, look, I'm just trying to survive here. <laughs> and every every time I'm like a different person or so there's there's fun ways to do it. The bread battle can also voluntarily detach the head, right? So you could force a bread battle into a surrender and and have it pull off the head and and hand it to you um instead of you having to do the grisly work of removing the head yourself so yeah definitely a thing and and because they're sort of tyrannical they would totally have minions neil you're absolutely right those trouble those troublemakers <laughs> so you said obviously this has been play tested like what if what is is there a moment that stands out in the use of the, of the bread battle I mean, it's a really straightforward system, though. You have a head, and I'd like it. But uh, is there any any moment that stands out uh, that you can think of? So it's a weird creature, right? It, it is straightforward, but it's it's extremely weird to lose your head, to still be alive, but also to only have 24 hours to get back, to, to figure out, like, how do I play now without a head, right? So there's weird things about it, and there's a, there's a couple of hurdles that monsters clear before they get in the book. The first is through me, right? Like, 
the the author writes them and pitches them to us and and I'm the first line of defense and I'm like great and then I take those to Matt the ones that I like and and Matt Colville has to approve them right and uh and I wasn't sure how he was going to react to this one just because it's so weird not because of anything about Matt and he was like this is great I I love this this is like a fairy tale creature to the extreme awesome sounds good and I was like okay and then the next line is sort of like what do the testers think right. And at that point, I liked it so much and Matt liked it so much. It was like, this is going in the book. We're going to figure it out no matter what the testers think. But luckily for us, <laughs> that was not tested at all. Be- it, uh, that opinion was not tested. The creature was tested because the play testers were like, this is awesome. We love this. We had so much fun. We really loved playing with this creature. Even like characters who, even players who don't like it when the character dies or there's a large threat of death had a lot of fun with the bread battle. And so that was the that that was really the litmus test is this thing was so weird and so new. I didn't know if it was just me having had a year and a half of reading monsters and being like this is something new and different and I am very excited <laughs> by it, right? Uh or, but it turns out that it was actually, you know, something that people really liked and that the designer, you know, was right on the money in terms of like this will be fun. And that's Uh, I think the number one thing for us is, are you going to have fun using this creature at the table, right? And that's uh, because you could create a very cool, scary creature, a creature that mechanically is very interesting, a creature that has a lot of deep lore. But if nobody's having fun with it at the table, well, it's a game, right? Like, that's the whole point. And so fun is, is sort of first and paramount. It's one reason why in the book, there actually aren't any creatures that stun or paralyze because we find that often in D&D especially at like high level play if you get stunned or paralyzed you then don't do anything for 15 minutes when it comes it comes around to your turn you make a save you fail you do it and it could be a whole battle like a whole hour long that you're not doing anything and that well interesting right that's an interesting tactical thing is not very fun and so uh, you know we did a lot of soul searching like that and this is one way of like how can we make a creature that puts an interesting debuff on you, right? But it still allows you to move around and and have fun with the game. And so that's that's what the bread battle's about. I like it. Yeah, I've mm-hmm, I have a lot of thoughts about stun because I used it recently, and <laughs> if I were to ever use it again, I came to the conclusion it needs to be a round by round and require action to sustain. Because, yeah, because I wrote, I was like, oh, go ahead and roll this. And then the rogue was out of combat for three rounds. And that was most of the fight. Yeah. And it was like, well, that wasn't that wasn't fun for you at all. <laughs> like, I think one round I can I, I think it'll, it still works as a concept. But zero rounds. Also a great solution. <laughs> yeah, I think it's and I do think it's a it's an important part of the game. And and again, there are people who don't mind it if they're stunned. Right. And so it, it table by table needs to make that decision, just like everything in the game. Um, but I, I think we have found that a majority of people who buy our stuff do not really love being stunned or, or paralyzed. Now, there's other conditions that I think are interesting, like frightened, right? Like frightened is like, oh, you can't move closer, but you can still do stuff. And like, that's cool. I like that, right? Being poisoned is interesting because you're yep. rolling with disadvantage, but you're still doing things. So it's uh, how can I counteract this disadvantage, right? Um, giving people challenges, I think, is fun. But saying to people, you can't play the game, 
right? You can't participate in the game anymore, <laughs> which is sort of what stunned <laughs> and paralyzed are, are not as fun. Um, so I think it rounds us out into homework. Where could people go and what could they look at, read, and all of those that I listen to um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to learn more about potential bread battle information? It's a great, uh, great question. So people can go to mcdm.gg slash flea mortals, uh, and that will take them there. We also, if you Google flea mortals, we're the thing that comes up. And uh, you can, uh, depending on when this podcast uh, launches, you can either pre order it on our shop uh, at the MCDM shop, or you can buy it if it is available. So it depends on, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, by August, you'll be able to buy the PDF and hardcover um, directly. Then most likely that should be available, ready for you to purchase. Excellent. Yes, check it out. Uh, And there's also a book of layers called Where Evil Lives that is coming um, that uses all of the Flea Mortals monsters. Uh, And so, um, you know, 22 drop in layers in your game. It was a stretch goal that was going to be added to the book. And then we made it too big. So now it's a second book. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, what a terrible problem. (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So... Oh my gosh, there's yeah, there's all probably all kinds of problems of like, no, if your book's this big, everything gets harder. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, Make shipping. The price of shipping goes it's funny in in many cases internationally, it is sh- cheaper to ship to like let's say a, a 400 page book and a 300 page book than it is to ship one 500 page book because of the way weights and huh. tariffs and things work. Hmm. We've mentioned it a couple times. There is a movie from A24 called The Green Knight. Um, there's also an accompanying very small box RPG that you can check That's out as right. well, which, which is always interesting to do. It came out because of everything with the pandemic. The RPG actually came out long before the movie, and I bought it. But I was like, this feels weird. I don't even really like watching trailers for a movie I'm going to watch. Nonetheless, read an entire (laughs) RPG associated with it. Uh, I'm going to wait. So then I did. Um, And then I watched (laughs) the movie and then read the RPG. I was like, man, that's spoilers to the nth degree. (laughs) But it is definitely something to check out for more information as well as um, a slightly different approach to your standard RPG, which is always a good thing to read. Well, and there's so many for for my homework. There's so many versions of this tale that have been told. Um, so I'm just going to go with the tried and true. Uh, I mean, you can either go back and read the original or check out Tolkien's version of the Green Knight because um, it's as is everything that Tolkien writes. It's awesome. I did not know Tolkien had a, a version. Of, oh, I'm going to check that out for sure. Yep. It's one of his earliest pieces of uh, writing. I think it actually uh, predates The Hobbit. It is interesting to compare The Green Knight as a poem to its retellings, such as Tolkien, to certainly the movie, because the movie that just came out adds quite a lot that um, I'm no expert on this and like how much was was taken and created by the uh, movie creators uh, as new content or if they like pulled it from other tales of The Green Knight. Um, but the movie adds quite a bit to the tale um, that wasn't in the original. So go check all of those out for all sorts of inspiration. And last but not least, where can people go to personally 
ask you questions or give you grief about your uh, dark horse choice of butterscotch being your favorite ice cream <laughs> cup. Uh, well, yeah, butterscotch Reese's Pieces, also great. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there. But uh, y- you can follow me, uh, Twitter, uh, James and Tricasso, uh, just my name, uh, no spaces, as long as Twitter is a thing. And uh, twitch.tv slash James and Tricasso. Um, those are the two places that it's uh, best to check me out personally. There we go. And as always, James, thanks for coming on. And thank you for having. Me. Great to talk to you again. Hopefully we'll we'll have you check the date for this and then we'll talk about it the next time you're here. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, uh, you all are awesome. You're doing great work here. So thank you. We just want to thank James again for coming on, spending some time with us, talking all about the bread battle and the amazing ways that you can add a giant lich in so many ways to your game. If you liked what you heard and you want to help us out, head over to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a rating or review because it'll get us in front of more people, more ears, more eyes, all of those things. And of course, the Dungeon Masters block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, where you can check out other amazing shows like Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, Detentions and Dragons, and more. But that's it from the Dungeon Masters block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the only person capable of playing God, killing character, and lowering the ego of everyone else at the table. I'm DM Neil. Good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering. It's not inspiration, it's not wisdom, and it's bad advice. You should clip the head off of a mini if they've been beheaded. Or any piece that comes off. Just just bring some clips. Uh, no one will be mad at this. <laughs> <laughs>